Hey, good people. This is Sharika, EB, and Sabrina. You're listening to The Kickback. Glad you decided to pull up. What's good, Kickback family? Man, I just want to say shout out to y'all for telling us how y'all are, I guess you could say, appreciative of hearing us back on wherever you stream your favorite podcast. Uh, We're glad to be back. So you can hear some of our thoughts of just different things that are going on, the things that are going on in the world, things that are going on in our lives. And shout out to a few of y'all who responded. Shout out to the others of you who may have listened, but you ain't reach out to nobody. That's cool, too. We still got nothing but love for y'all as well. As always, this is your boy EB, and I'm here with two of my favorite people, Sharika and Sabrina. And Sharika, Sabrina, talk to the people. What y'all temp looking like? Uh, my temp is good. I'm at a, I'm, even though in Florida right now, this is our winter, people say we don't have a winter, but I say 38, 45 is cold, whether you're in Michigan or maybe the Michiganders don't be cold because it'd be getting really cold there. But my family's coming for me because I'm like, they're in Virginia, come out, it's 19. Well, it's cold here if it's 38, but my temp is 72. Nice, cool 72, because I enjoy the Florida winter, because when it gets hot here in Florida, it stays hot for a long time, and I be over the heat sometimes, so when it gets cold, I enjoy it. You could probably, if you added all the cold days up of the whole, from whatever, December or November to February, when it's cold in Florida, if you added all those days that we might get a month of actually cold days. But overall, it's not usually cold here. So when it is cold, I enjoy it. I love it. And it's great. So my temp is 72. The life is good. God is great. And so I am just enjoying my life. How about you guys? Doing pretty well too, Sharika. I was enjoying the cold and my mother-in-law is awesome. She gave my husband an Instapot for, not an Insta. Is it Insta or Instant? I think it's instant. Anyway, she gave me one of those instant things that does like pressure cooking and yogurt and porridge, which I don't know who eats porridge anymore, but that's a button up there. So <laughs> I was thinking it's cold. I'm going to make chili. And of course, the day that I actually put everything in the pot to make chili, it's like, isn't it like 70 again today, guys, outside? It's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So I saw a little otter in our like the water behind our house today. He was living his best life. And my vibe is clean up, clean up, everybody everywhere. Clean up, clean up, everybody do your share. Because right now I am cleaning up on washing dishes, but I love a good wash dishes. I think we've talked about this before. I don't use a dishwasher. I haven't ran that thing in probably seven, six months. I don't know, but I use it to store some extra cups we have. I love just that time with myself to wash dishes. And growing up, my mom had a little poem like right in our kitchen window sink. And it was like, thank God for dirty dishes. They have a tell to tell tell while others are going hungry. We're eating very well. So I always feel very grateful when I'm washing dishes because I'm like, I can wash these dishes because we had a lot to eat. We don't worry about the provision when it comes to food over here. So I'm in a very good mood and I'm feeling very just like, yes, everybody do your share. We've had a really hard couple of years. Okay. Right. Couple of months, but when everybody contributes, 
we can really make the world a better place. So I'm on that. I'm on my mom texting us a picture of herself and her head wrap today being like, happy black history month, be blackity black, black. Not sure what that means, mom, but I'm on it, girl. Love to Love see it. it. Evie, it. how are you doing today? I would say I am doing good. Um, of course, um, I didn't even know if I was going to be able to record today. Like I had sent Sharika a text and be like, yeah, I could just record. And if I hop on, I hop on. If I don't, like we can, the engine still keep, continues going um, because I actually had one of, one of my quickest day trips that I've done in a long time. Um, but me and I don't know if she wants me to tell her business, but I don't think she's going to kill me if I do. But me and Anita, um, we had to go support a family as they had to bury um, a spouse and a mother in Atlanta. Um, and so we flew like at, 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 at the time of this recording, um, we flew out around eight or so, got there around nine or so and got back on a three o'clock flight to get right back here in Tampa. So it was just a quick day trip, a couple hours away. Um, it's always good to see some people, some people I haven't seen in a minute. The homie Giovanni, my homie Elton, the homie Mickey, um, and of course the family um, who is, or the bereaved. So it was just good to see some people and to support them during this time. But other than that, other than that, I would say I am good. Um, and for some reason, and it was like, I don't know if it's like Apple just knowing algorithms and knowing what type of what type of day it is or what what the month is. But today, my song and I don't always give y'all a song. Sometimes I know it's usually Sabrina, but the song that I got for y'all today is "Freedom Looks Good on You." Freedom looks good on you, and that's kind of like a pick pick up from last week when I think Sabrina had mentioned to you, like if it's time for you to let go or leave something, handle that. If it's time for you to move on to the next thing or step into what God is calling you into, then do that as well. But freedom looks good on you. And it's a part, like literally it starts off with the, take me from where I am into your promised land. Guide me by your great hand. Wherever you go, I'll follow. Break my break off my yesterday, praying for brighter days, running okay. with no restraints, wherever you Go. No one can take me away. The future you have for me, there's still so much more to see. Wherever you go, I'll follow. Gone are the chains that were holding me. Gone is the person that I used to be. Freed from the fear by your perfect love. This is my exodus. Gone are the chains that were holding me. And it goes on to a whole bunch of other stuff. But shout out to Maverick City because they just never miss. I feel like they're like mm. the best, whoever is the best free throw shooter in basketball. It's like they get up there <laughs> and they knock it down. Um, lovely sports analogy. You know, I got to give you all that. Um, but it's like each and every one of you who listen to this every day since you were born. What have you done consistently? Mm. You woke up. You have been consistent. And that's what Maverick City has been for me in listening to their um, groups as they bless people with the words that God inspires them with. Um, so, yeah, that's what I got for y'all today. And if I gave you a temperature, I would say I'm about at a cool 92 with a light, light fall breeze um, or winter breeze in this case. But, yeah, that's how I'm doing. Love to see it, Evie. I was going to ask you, who is that by? But before I can even get the words out in my sphere, I know it was Maverick City. Because they never miss with the lyrics. Substantial. I was going to ask, and I'm glad I didn't, but even though I'm going to put myself on Front Street because EB and Tanya have been on me about getting into Maverick City, and then I would have looked like shameful. But you know what, EB? Maybe, maybe today will be the day. Maybe today will be the day. 
because that those lyrics were beautiful. And I'm like, you know what? What is that? Because I might need to go hear that song. And I'm closing out my recommend with something from them. So you'll hear the actual album it came from and all of that and why I started off with that. Ooh, well, right. I love a full circle. Okay. So happy Black History Month. <laughs> Listen, I have been thinking... <laughs> I uh, thought you were going to say happy black. And I was like, yes, okay. I don't know where she's going with this, but. Happy black as well. I mean, happy black, but happy mm. black is three months. Um, I got some things we're going to do uh, a little bit later on in pertain- pertaining to black history month. But before we get to that, I was, um, today's going to be, I was trying to think of a cute name, but I just can't. I, if today was a Wednesday, I would call it Wild Story Wednesdays, but it's not. And you don't hear these on Wednesdays anyway. So I'm just going to tell y'all a few wild stories because I want to hear your thoughts and opinions. And when we drop the episode, I want to hear you guys' our listeners' thoughts and opinions. So, But this first one is, comes with a trivia for Evie and Sabrina. I'm going to tell you a story. First, I want you to answer, where do you think this story occurred? And then, and then just share your thoughts. So a man was taken into custody Saturday after he allegedly attacked a man with a machete before biting him and robbing him. So it, did you say biting? Biting him and robbing him after he had attacked him with a machete. So a, a man was at a uh, standing outside of a supermarket in a, well, I'll say in a well-known city I won't say the name because then I'll give it away where this is, has occurred. At 8.30 a.m., waiting for a ride to work, when Sanders allegedly approached him, demanded money, and when the victim refused, he beat him with a broomstick. And when the victim tried to defend himself, the um, Sanders quickly produced a machete and uh, with a wristband in his wristband began to strike the victim, also biting him in the face. After the attack, Sanders allegedly robbed him of cash and the cell phone and ran off. I know I giggled. That's not funny, but it is a wild story. So first of all, can either of you guess where this story occurred? A state. I'm just a state. Florida. Yeah, that's like it got all over it. It really is a Florida man. Yes, it is. (laughs) Yes, it is. It has to be. What is Miami? Yes, in Miami. That was bonus points. I just really wanted to say, but yes, a a Florida man in Miami. I, I'm just. I'm like, what is going on in this world? He had a broomstick. He had a machete. He bit the man and rock. Like, I, I don't understand. There's a lot going on in the story for me. I am, I'm truly at a loss. And at 8.30 in the morning, all of these shenanigans are going on. What would you do as a bystander? Are you jumping in? Are you that guy or girl? When crack is involved, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> girl. Okay. Like, no, I, I firmly believe drugs were involved and I'm kidding about not doing mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to think I'm trying to be realistic. The last time I saw something pop off, what was my instinct, immediate instinct? Honestly, I be, and I don't advise this for other people, but I am somebody who will insert themselves 
into mm-hmm. the drama. I can't see mm-hmm. myself going over there trying to help fight off the man and all that. And that's really unwise. You don't need to be doing that because people like that having a machete, then two people are getting bit, me and the other guy. So. <laughs> but I think for myself, when I see something like that, it's like you can't even help it. It's like a natural impulse to like go throw yourself in and be like, stop, what are you doing? Like bring attention. I'm mm-hmm. not going to just watch. I'm not, I would never just be the person like taking out their phone unless I'm calling the cops. Mm. Honestly, I probably would have looked around for a weapon to try to help fight them off and probably would have got bit too and robbed <laughs> as a petite woman. I don't know. Evie, what, what would you have done? I appreciate though, at least <laughs> Sabrina, you're willing to jump in. Evie, are you go? Are you jumping in? What you doing? I, I think it all depends on the circumstances, right? And I say circumstances, mm-hmm. I know we didn't get a full backstory of everything that was going on, but like, was it an altercation that happened beforehand? Was it some verbal disagreement that I'm like, mm. they might know each other and this is none of my business? Is it a random attack and I feel like I have to intervene? But if you tell me somebody got a machete, you could I can bet you a bottom dollar that EB is not getting in between into that not a broomstick i might hop into that i might be like hey y'all y'all boys wild. i don't know if i'm saying i'll break it up because that'd be going too far too because that broomstick might hit me and then i get into an altercation with somebody who i don't even know about something that has nothing to do with me and if i'm being honest just because i know we're going to talk a little bit about black history month today sounds Mm -hmm. like a lot about what we do um as a country and i'm saying our country as an america like Mm -hmm. those people got their stuff going on that's between them now being an asset of mankind and of humanity, you sometimes have to intervene and don't let the bully be the bully. Like you right. gotta let the bully know that yeah. hey, every dog has their day. Um, so buddy with the broomstick or the machete, he might have to know that he's not by himself. I don't know, but good thing it's about a- me, I do. Um, I carry artillery. So in this well. great state of ours, you get to protect not only yourself, mm-hmm. but okay. any other person that's in your vicinity. So if I thought for some reason that that machete could have done likely harm to another individual and my firearm was on me, I would have been protecting the public. Being uh, a citizen uh, of this state. I know that uh, Evie, you never know who else is packing and is it really worth the risk to introduce? It's like my mom taught me growing up. Once you open a, the door to violence, you can't be mad about what you get. If you slap someone and they shoot you, it is what it is. So I feel like if you pull out the gun and then they pull out a gun, then somebody's dying over a bite. It's like, oh, did it have to go that way? I don't know. But I'm. But the man has a machete. That's the machete like could have knocked his head off. <laughs> he could have cut his arm off. Like, I mean, uh, I, I, I thought I, he just robbed him and ran away. Well, he hit him. With, he it said he attacked him with the machete, bit him. And then robbed him. We don't, know, and then, we don't know if he got other stuff going on. That's the thing. Yeah, the, the bite was them saying that it was the bite for me that made me giggle. Not because it was funny, because I was nervous laughter, because I was thinking I would never let somebody get close enough to bite. If you're getting that close, we're fighting. And if I'm getting bit, you're getting bit. And your eye is getting popped out because it's I'm going to fight dirty. <laughs> I don't it's care. COVID times. <laughs> right. I'm the biting. I can't with the biting. And that to me really does sound like somebody that's on something, especially. Yeah. it's But it says the man was waiting for his ride at 830 in the morning to go to work. So it seems like an innocent bystander to me. I don't know if I'm jumping in, but I will probably yelling. I'll be yelling, call it causing a ruckus. 
drawing attention. He said he's outside of the supermarket, I think at 8.30. So I, I'm assuming they're open. I probably am running in to get alert some people to get help. I'm, I don't know if a machete's being wielded that I'm jumping in. I'm, if I can find something to throw, maybe I'll throw something. But I, I can't just let the man be like, ah, oh, y'all handle that. I, I, I would feel terrible walking away from that, but I, I can't say that I'm jumping in if somebody's wielding a machete, even a broomstick. I think I'm out on the broomstick too. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm, I'm in on the broomstick. But I at least appreciate that. Hey, if it goes down, at least I can count that. I think Sabrina's coming and jumping in. So thanks, friend. At least I Yeah, because like I'm, I'm not going to, even if they know each other, I don't think most people, despite what we say on this call, don't have the capacity to watch someone get the beats broken off of them and then just be like, oh, well, you know, you couldn't stand there and watch that. You might think you could, but you really couldn't. I don't think, yeah, I don't, but especially being who Evie is, I don't see, I can't see that either. I he already told you what he's going to do, pow, pow, and I, I respect true. it. I couldn't do it, but I respect it. He's not going to stand by. Right. You know, y'all know what state it was when you, when you started biting people, so that was a risk you took. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and, well, on to story number two. So this is a long story. I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to paraphrase it. So a lovely woman, let's just call her Laura. Laura is getting married to Bob. Actually, I think that is his name, Bob. So Bob is a divorcee. He has uh, children, two children with his previous wife. We'll call her Sally. So Sally and Bob broke up. They were married for two year, 20 years or more, over two decades, and they broke up. Uh, they said they were it was an arranged marriage. They never were really in love. They tried to stay together for the kids. They, you know, that didn't work out. So now they got divorced. They've been divorced about four years. Actually, they have, uh, I think he has four kids. They've been divorced about four years, and now he's marrying Laura, or whatever the name I gave her. But uh, because Bob and Sally been together for so long, you know, they obviously have a lot of common friends and um, people in common. So Sally decides that she's going to get a hotel room down the road from where Bob and Laura are getting married so that because she, because, you know, some of their friends are going to be there. So some of the guys, um, some of the couples, the guys are good friends with Bob. The ladies are good friends with Sally. And because Sally is, you know, so distraught because her ex is moving on, her friends are going to pop in and out of the wedding and go down the road to the hotel to keep Sally comforted and help her get through this difficult time because she's because she knows that day is going to be a very difficult day for her. And this is a true story. This Laura, her name is not really Laura, but she actually shared this story online about the fact that her fiance's ex-wife is planning on staying down the road at a hotel from their wedding venue because her, so her friends can visit with her during the festivities and they plan to pop in and out of the wedding. They're not going to come to the ceremony, but they'll come in and out of the uh, reception so that they could, because their husbands are actually going there to be with Bob and support Bob because they're friends with Bob. 
How do you uh, all feel about this story? Any thoughts? Um, let me start with EB. As a as a gentleman, can I hear your perspectives on uh, this story? I, I have strong feelings. I don't know what Sabrina's are, but I want to hear from a, a, the guy's perspective first. So I think this one of those situations, it had nothing to do with genders, um, which I think most stories don't as well. Um, but for me, I think you have to, every decision you make, you have to do what you feel is best for you. Mm-hmm. Whether now some people might not agree with that. Cause some people are like, well, how about be considerate and think about other people. And I think that's part of doing what's best for you. If what you may do or your actions or the choices you make can inadvertently cause havoc or pain or distress on other people, then that's part of your consideration for my, at least for me, I can't speak for other people. Let me take that back. For myself, I think about what my presence may cause to other people. Like I remember, I'll just take it back. Just well, now I'm about to be wow. This might be 15 years this year since I graduated high school. I'm getting old, but somebody ended up saying something, it was something along the lines of, and I don't want to misquote the person because from time to time they listen or they say they listen. I don't know if they actually do. I don't know if it's like a feel good story for me because we had we were at odds, as T I would say, mm-hmm. we used to be at odds. Um, said they felt uncomfortable when I was around. So I was just like, oh, okay. You ain't got to tell me twice. I don't know what I did. I never said anything in my mind or in my mind. I've never projected myself in any manner towards you. So I'm just going to stop showing up. But then after it was just like, ah, I think he hates me. He never is around. He never stops by. He never (laughs) says anything. I'm like, I have nothing for you. You told me that I make you feel uncomfortable. And if I'm like, and I'll just take it to a context again. I don't know. How, I love how these stories just keep coming back to Black history. But as a Black man, you can't make other people who don't look like you uncomfortable. Because if it's somebody who looked like me, and I'm not saying you shouldn't make anybody feel uncomfortable. Um, yeah. But if you, somebody who looked like me, like you just going to have to deal with it. Or it'd be like, eh, so what? But if it's people who don't look like you, it's like, whoa, I need to reverse and go the opposite direction as if we're playing Mario Kart. So for me as a whole, I think you have to make what you feel is the best decision for you and try your best not to cause havoc or distress on other people so my question is who do you feel who are you when you're speaking on whose behalf are you saying that the the ex-wife i'm not taking lauren or bob's side on this one (laughs) Uh, like lauren wait lauren or bob like i don't like it's tough i'm not taking either of their sides i'll just wait wait hold hold up evie hold hold on a second so you're going with the ex-wife is that what you're telling me Um, are you going who, who, who do you he literally times. said he's taking neither side. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I'm saying Laura is the wife, is the soon-to-be wife. And Bob is the ex-husband, right? Right. But I, Sally is the ex-wife. So I'm saying, you're saying you're not taking Bob or Laura's side, so are you taking Sally's side, the ex-wife, is what I'm asking. Oh, no, I'm not taking Sally's side. I'm like, so I would say I'm neutral. Like, I, I think that's the best way. So I think I must have misheard the story. I thought Laura oh, okay. and Bob okay. were. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you're saying you're neutral. Yeah. All right. I see. And you said this, not a man woman thing. I think that's this proof. The fact that you're neutral right now, I think that proves that I feel, but let me hear what Sabrina says. Maybe she'll, maybe she may be neutral. I don't know. Sabrina, are you neutral? Do you have a side? What do you think? Sharika, how many years have you known me? <laughs> Am I neutral about anything? I wish I, I wish to God on so many things I could be a total liner, but I feel very passionate about most things. That's the one. The two is it's very clear to me who is being a hot mess in this situation. And I'm sad that the friends are enabling this behavior. 
a wedding is a very special occasion. I have friends. I would consider Evie a friend, you a friend. If the only time we can get together is if, and this would never happen, so I'm not even going to use my husband's real name. I'm going to say, let's say I was married to a Mike and we got divorced and Mike was getting remarried and Sharika and Evie were invited. And I was like, oh, well, this is the only time we can hang out. You know, that's not true. That is, is just not true. Laura well, then, or whichever Sally, is it yeah. Sally? Yes, yeah, Sally. Yeah, Sally, in my opinion, needs to lean into the t- Taylor Swift song that we mentioned last week. It's time to go. Lean into freedom. Like her life is so much more than this moment. And really, our lives are run by the moments we define them. So she can say to herself, oh, no, he's getting remarried. This is, you know, going to turn me girl. It ended. It's over. And now you're stepping into a new chapter. Are you going to still keep defining yourself about bullet points from the last chapter? And then when they had their first kid, is it going to be that now his first kid anniversary? And then when they go on a trip and now they're going to this trip, it's like, no, like it's unhealthy behavior in my mind. And why take away from his moment? Like he's getting remarried, even if he was a dog to her, even more so if he was a dog to her, even more reason to let it go. And if that was my friend, if Sally was my friend, like, oh, you know, when you're there, can you come see me? I'd be like, girl, I'll see you after. My friends know I will cross bridge, go to the highest mountain for them. But I also, hopefully, <laughs> my friends can acknowledge that I will speak truthfully to them. I would easily be like, Sharika, now it's not the time, girl, but I'll catch you after. And we can get ice cream and cookies and all that kind of thing. Because now you're making this moment, I mean, you already have divisiveness with your ex-husband. And now there's even more. Because there's this conversation about you now, which is their time. He's trying to do a do-over. Now it's about the ex-wife again. Like, I, I'm not about that. Even when I was a kid, if there was, like, a little friend on the playground who was like, I don't want to be your friend anymore. Good. Bye. When I had breakups, I was really heartbroken because I was like, amen for both of us. Because now I can get something. I, I would never want to be in a situation, whether that's personal professional where I'm not wanted, where I'm not appreciated. Sally, he didn't want you. He didn't appreciate you. So why are you still trying to, imp- girl, and that's all I have to say. It's, it's a no on Sally for me. <laughs> it's a no on this being like, oh, I'm going to be right down the street the day of, and people can pop in and out and see me too. It's messy. It's the highest mess. And I'm not entertaining it anymore after this conversation. I hope I can delete it from my mind. <laughs> Oh my goodness. <clears throat> if I was the bride, I'd be like, you don't have to worry about popping in and out. You can just be out. Or if you and if your husband wants to go with you, well, he can but all y'all can go. Because y'all ain't gonna be popping in and out of my wedding. Or you coming for the food, but you missed the ceremony because you was consoling Sally. Well, hopefully Sally can feed you because you're not invited to my wedding. That is the ultimate disrespect. And I didn't read this part because it's really irrelevant, but it does say that they, they supposedly parted amicably. He's a very involved in his kid's life. He he takes care of his ex-wife with a handsome salary, uh, uh, whatever the, you know, settlement and all that. But that's neither here nor there. As Sabrina said, it's over, girl. Let it go. And if you, you should have, you don't have any other friends that's not friends with Bob. Like, you don't have any girlfriends that you could be like, yeah, maybe you are sad. Y'all can go on a little girl's getaway. But it doesn't have to be the friends that are going to Bob's wedding. Like, 
sis, this is just sad. This is just sad. But that part I did, I, I know I said I'm not going to speak on it anymore. <laughs> no, but no. I want to respond to what you said about the friends. I could, I not could, I can see how that could be a possibility. Because a lot of couples I know, like, I don't know what happens to some couples. Oh, it's like they really do become one. <laughs> like they merge and they all everything they do is together. Now, Doug and I were, are both like super independent before we got married. Even now, we love to be together, but we have like parts of our life that are just very separate. Mm. So we do have sometimes different friends or, you know, like I can take a trip for a week to North Carolina and he's fine and I'm fine. I'm seeing my friend. He does whatever with his friends. But for a lot of people, it's not like that. And it's not bad or good. It's just like you said, it's our vibe. It's what you know, we're happy this way. But a lot of couples do share the same friends. And I still don't care, Sally. (laughs) I don't care if every friend, every kid, every whatever, spend that time with yourself. Like this is, (laughs) this is not going to help your situation at all. It's just gonna make it worse. Because what what are they doing when they're running back to you? You don't think they're gonna tell you about the wedding? Ask them back and forth. You know where they're coming from. It's just unhealthy. I know, but it's unhealthy and they're, they're yes. not a real good friend to be feeding that. Sharika, if I ever trip like that, don't indulge me. EB, I know you won't, so I don't even have to say anything. <laughs> Sharika's a little bit more of a care bearer and I can see I you like, am. oh, I no, Sharika. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't think I, I, I don't think I would indulge you, but I would try to be sympathetic, but I'd be also like, girl, you know, you have so much life. I would try to be just encouraging and be like, you could go on a trip by yourself or go see something you've always wanted to do. You don't need to be miserable down the street at, at the hotel thinking about what's going down at the, at the wedding. No, I would try to encourage my friends, but I don't think I, I'd be like, we've already RSVP'd, ma'am. We're going to Bob's wedding. I'm so sorry for you. But but you're right, Sabrina. I've known you for a long time and you pretty much <laughs> deliver everything. It's the consistency for me, and I appreciate it, friend. And I do, and I know you would be that friend that we like, girl. It's you know what? Yeah, I I'll catch you after, but I'll be down there with Bob. All right, our last story today. I don't know if, if you guys have heard this, but um, Pastor Mike Todd, maybe EB has, because um, he be knowing all the popular people. A few weeks ago, he did a sermon illustration, and in the sermon illustration. He was talking about how Jesus healed a blind man. And, you know, in the story in the Bible, Jesus spat in the mud and, and mixed it with mud and put it on the gentleman's eyes, all that. So he did this illustration in the church and um, with his brother and people were in outrage. People were upset. Um, but my question is, so and, and the public demanded an apology and people were disgusted. People were offended. Um, this story is a, a bit crazy, but my question is uh, more so on the apology side. Do you feel that, and not just in this story, but I think we've come into a culture where we're like, we're offended. We deserve an apology. Do you think that we that the public deserves an apology for private offenses is my question that I'm posing to you both today. If they were a party to the, if they witnessed it via video or someone said something inappropriate on a TV show, do you think, you know, 
a, a public apology is required. Me, I think it comes down to I think it comes down to how the matter is like. So in this case with um Mike Tide, it wasn't necessarily a private matter, right? Because he did it live at church and he streams to millions and millions of people. Uh -huh. um, and it was a whole bunch of people in the audience and people recorded it. People shared that to the world. I think even private matters, right? Like I'm something well, I don't say I am. Um, I sometimes tend to be a strong believer is um, if you disrespect me in public, then apologize in public. Like don't hit me with a text or hit me with a side conversation. And for some situations, once it becomes public or mainstream, uh -huh. that becomes normal, right? And I don't even think that's just a new age and culture. I think that's been here before we, any of us three were born because you see it from stuff that happened in the 60s, 70s, and 80s with celebrities like, oh, yes, I did that. But it was a situation that this person had with that person or what this person said on the movie set of that individual. And then they share that. They apologize publicly because that story has became public. My challenge or my issue with all of this is, um, and it, at the end of the day, it's really between that individual and God um, but, or that individual and the person they've offended. But are you apologizing publicly or to the masses because you got caught or are you truly forgiving slash knowing of what your offense was? Now, for me, I didn't really care if he apologized or not. I just knew it was. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> It was just that it was, it was disgusting. It was nasty. Like, and not only just because of Smith, because that's his brother. I'm pretty sure they done did a lot of crazy stuff together. Not necessarily Smith, but just things yeah. happen. But in the times of COVID, in the times of not wearing masks, in the times of just any form of bodily fluids going on anybody. Like, that's why you would like, I, I, I don't know, I guess, because you got sports, people do that. Even for me, I played sports growing up or really just basketball, but I didn't even like that getting on me. I was like, dang, I really got to play defense on this sweaty guy. And he must get like, that was just always nasty and disgusting to me. So for me, I think that if something happens in public and the person that it offended um, wants a public apology, that's between that person. Now, I do think we are in a state of oversensitivity because mm. for me, and I don't know, I guess it's a time and a place for certain things. And I know all three of us would agree. Like, what is that time and place where you do speak up and speak out? I don't know if something like that could happen at one of our churches where somebody wouldn't have been at. Hey, hold up. What's going on here? Like, even if it was like a subtle, like to another person next to you. And I'm not saying it didn't happen. Now, granted, he's at a big stage, a big arena or former basketball arena that, or old college arena that they have worship in. But it'd be little stuff that happens in our church where we'd be like, oh, you wilding for that. And I say little stuff like sound misses up or something. A note wasn't hit right. Or the band messed up on a piece, or the praise team wasn't hitting like that, and we go to making faces like, "Oh, y'all wallet." But this, I don't know. I think I probably would have said something. But TV, I have a, I, I want to clarify something. Do, but do you think only person that got spat on was the brother? And so, and I don't think he was surprised. You offended me by doing that in front of me. That's what I'm asking. So you felt like the masses were offended because they were a witness to this? Heck yeah. And everybody who shared it and everybody who had it on TikTok and everybody who had it on Instagram, I was just, after I seen it, I can tell you, I was disgusted. I was appalled that two things, because I didn't, at the first time I watched it, I didn't know that was his brother. But after I, you know, you got it. That's one of the things we always, we always tell you that at the D-A-K-I-C-K-B-A-C-K, do your own research. Because I thought it was just a regular church going, he called on stage to say, help me with this illustration. But I did my due diligence. I did my research. And I recognized that that was his brother. And I was just like, Okay, so I'm assuming, and it's just an assumption, uh -huh. brother knew what was going to go down. Exactly. There's no way he could have been like, this is not going to happen. But I can tell you, as a Bible-believing individual, 
there are countless other, of other ways that you could have done a sermon illustration depicting what Jesus did with the spit in the mud. First of all, my dog ain't had no mud because that's what people forget. It was a little, it was more to that parable. It wasn't just Jesus grabbed spit, yeah. put it in hand and wiped right. it on the dude's face, started to see. Right. And bro, that's Jesus. Like that's Jesus' <laughs> illustration. You are not him. We are trying to be like him. We strive to be like our brother Jesus. We do all things in the manner of how he does them. But there are other ways. You could have used a mannequin for all like you. I think he did it. And this is just an opinion. This is an EB opinion. These next comments do not reflect, reflect the views of the kickback. This is just EB. I think he did it because he knew what utter shock it would do to the masses. Uh-huh. And like as some PR people say, all publicity is good publicity. Uh-huh. And I'm going to tell you that all publicity is not good publicity. It's some stuff the masses don't need to know about. It's some stuff people do not need to see with their eyes. But I can't say this. He apologized. He asked for forgiveness. I truly believe he is connected with God. He has a relationship with him. I think if something would have happened to Mike Todd today, I think he would be um, in the presence of the almighty. But that's just my opinion. I don't know. But that illustration was trash. He should have did better. And those who wanted an apology, you got one. <laughs> and yeah, it, you wouldn't have put no saliva on me. Also, and I will close with this just because I, I don't know if Sabrina wants to say something about it, but I will close with this. Everybody out there saying what they would have did. People disrespect you every day at work and you don't do jack. So yeah, get the opposite of heaven out of here with that. Some offenses are more egregious than others, EB. It doesn't matter. Disrespect and disrespect. Disrespect Disrespect should not be tolerated at any level. Whether somebody putting spit in their hands and in your face or somebody disrespecting you with a crazy tone or somebody disrespecting you with an email or somebody disrespecting you with your intellect or somebody disrespecting you because of your race, your creed, your color, your religious background, your human sexuality, any type of disrespect should not be tolerated. Stand up for yourself, people. It's Black All History Month. Right. Right, let me stop. That's the all I got. Others, Sabrina, what you got for the people? The others can't stand out, EB. <laughs> oh, lordy, lordy, lordy. Uh, I'll start with, I don't think he should have apologized because he's, he's not regretful. Mm. What he wanted to happen from that illustration is what happened and stand in it. Or as mm-hmm. I say, used to say to my students, like, live a life and make choices that you don't have to apologize for. You know, no one's ever going to have me, I pray to God, because, you know, as soon as you say, that's going to happen, they'll play this back. <laughs> but I hate to be in the position where someone could hold something over my head. You know, like, oh, you did this, or can blackmail me. It's like, yes, I did do this, and I acknowledge it was wrong or whatever, but if you think about how radical our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was, and, you know, he did spit, and he mixed it with mud, and you're right, you <laughs> Uh, no one got healed at Transformation Church when it happened. Well, maybe they did. I don't know what was happening in the audience and in their hearts and lives. But his brother, you know, wasn't blind and he didn't come to see. But the, let's think about the whole point of a parable and some of those radical illustrations. I mean, when Jesus said to his disciples, you have to, like, eat my flesh and drink my blood, they were like, this is weird. And then many people left that day. That's great from the word. They were like, I can't rock with this. And you know what? I personally couldn't go to any of my siblings and be like, let's do this. Cause they're not going to rock with it. And I can't rock with it. But what he wanted to happen, happened. People never heard of his church. I've now heard of it. Mm. People who didn't know where to tune in are now tuned in. And the reaction that we are having is what 
the people of Jesus' time would have had. Like, spit is disgusting. You saw the reaction we had when we heard about the bite, and I started having nervous laughter. <laughs> Sorry. A lot of times when I'm, like, my most uncomfortable or most upset, I am smiling. Maybe it's an Instagram one thing. I don't know, but it's like I'm so uncomfortable. And then spit and spit and a slap. They're two of the most disrespectful things. You can punch me and I will fight you and I'll be mad. But if you slap or spit on me, I don't know. One of us might, one of us might die because it's just like it's that kind of reaction. So if I'm him and you already know how what the reaction that this is gonna get, and I do it and I get that reaction, then I'm standing as Edie often says, 10 toes on it. Mm. I'm more offended by the apology. Are you, you're upset? Cause I haven't seen the apology. I am familiar with the story because another podcast I listened to mentioned it. And they did mention that in the apology, he started to talk about, and I don't know this to be true. I've not done the research. Didn't even think it was worth it. But they said like, he was kind of like giddy and smiling being like so many people are tuning in. So you're not sorry. If anything, get on the, the screen. And I agree with Evie, private offenses, do deserve private apologies and public offenses do deserve public uh, apologies. If your church was offended, then you tell them, yeah. And that's how offended people were. And Jesus did more <laughs> radical things than that. And then just leave it at that. But you're not sorry. I don't think he is. I think what he wanted to happen happened. He achieved his goal. It was disgusting when he did it. It was disgusting when Jesus did it. But when Jesus did it, someone got killed. <laughs> that's the difference. <laughs> You know, I know of a prophet who, you know, was led by the Holy Spirit to create, not create, to cook food, and the fuel he was using was feces. And you know that smelled like, shh. You know, that's right from the Old Testament. But it was an illustration that the Lord was like, hey, this is an illustration I want you to use. And y'all go do your Bible study and you can figure out why. But, like, we come from a radical day. And sometimes things are really disgusting. But it's always pointing people back to Christ. And that's what I hope. If anything, my child should have got well, pastor, and no disrespect to him, you know, got up there and be like, yeah, yeah. And how many disgusting things y'all do in your life that don't lead to a healing? Whoop. You know, he could have really flipped that. He could have really flipped that. But he got up there and tried to act like he regretted what he did. And once again, I am being a little judgmental because maybe he truly did regret it in my heart as somebody who was in the arts a long time and had to think through the things that went up on the stage and creative illustrations for the gospel i do not think i as a director if i would have made that choice i'm not gonna be like yeah i regret that especially because he didn't have a now if he had a random person this would be totally different but mm-hmm. consent there he went to his brother you know they share the same spit it's still completely disgusting but you had the consent you knew what it was and then you got pushed back and you're like oh you know now i don't want to offend but you do as Christians, I hope we do. Some things in our faith are offensive. Some people need to be offended in front of Christ. And that's just, that's, it just is what it is. Sharika, how, how do you feel about it? I feel as though that um, the brother knew what he was getting into. Um, and he allowed it. I think that maybe the congregation and... I feel like the congregation and those who maybe were tuning in live, maybe they, you know, I understand that they may have been shocked and appalled and disgusted, but guess what? I heard about it and I didn't watch the video. You know why? Cause I didn't want to see that. So I feel like some, t- like the offense should go through the avenue that he did it. Okay. 
I would have came on next Sunday. Hey guys, sorry that I heard that, you know, whatever he has to say, but say it there. I don't think no public apologies to randos in the, that is needed because people were sharing it. It said the title, you saw it, you knew what you were getting into for the unsuspecting people. I can understand um, them being shocked and, and, and maybe deserving an apology, but I'm also the person that also feels like I don't like when people force someone into an apology. If someone is sorry, they will genuinely be like, I'm sorry, or they should genuinely say that they're sorry. But for people to be like, I'm demanding an apology. Why? Because if the person's not sincere, what's the purpose of it? What do you care? And most of the time, and for me, honestly, I don't go to his church. I don't need an apology. It, I just don't see, and most people, what does an apology do for most people if you weren't really the one offended and people are just fake offended or fake outraged, I feel like, because I feel like now in most, and I'm not talking about the actual, his congregation, I'm talking about the masses because I think most of the people, not just in his situation, but the world or the internet demands a lot of apologies from people that, I don't think they deserve one from or that the person, like you said, isn't even sincere about it. They're just doing to appease people. And then, and what's the point for me? I'm like, what's the point of an apology? If someone's really not sorry, they're just saying it. And then on top of that, 90% of the, most people don't even accept people's apology anyway. They won't forget it. They'll bring it back up again whenever something happens that they don't like. And that's why I don't go to church because Mike Todd spinning his brothers. I, like people just be wanting to have an outrage and the apology still never good enough for people. So I'd be like, what's the point? So that's my thoughts and opinion. I do think it was, it, it was disgusting, the idea of it. So I didn't even gaze my eyes on it because I didn't want to see what that looked like. I heard it was disgusting and I took people's word for it. So Sharika, having not listened to the apology video or maybe even EB, can you guys fill me in? What was the offense that he was apologizing for in his mind? Like, was he saying, I'm sorry that you were offended? Was he saying, I am legitimately sorry that I spit in my brother's face as an illustration? I guess I'm curious. Yeah, so I had a chance to, I watched it and then I read a little bit about it. I didn't, I'm going to tell you straight up because, you know, I can't, a lot of my people, not the kickback people and especially not Sabrina and Sharika, I did not watch the entire apology because I seen it on Instagram mm -hmm. and then he started off with like the, you guys must have seen, you. some of you are here because you've seen a video mm -hmm. and I think it was something along the lines of um, me, no way or means that I tried to make this a distraction. Um, this was something that I thought it would garnered the attention and i know some people if you were to watch that whole series or that whole the whole sermon that's all you got out of it but you didn't get the point of when i talked about this when i talked about that like he was like this was a message all about jesus god's words was preached um even jesus did illustrations and it was like trying to like compare it but if, if you were offended then this that and the third um and as he continued to talk about faith and some other stuff and yeah, I, I, I don't know it verbatim. Yeah. I can find it and send it to somebody who, if you want to know it. Um, that's okay. That's, uh, no, no, not I, you. That's, that's why I say that you. I was like, if you want to. <laughs> I think you got the gist of it. You, you can find it. Um, But I, I do see something that somebody else said. Somebody else said, said that Mike Todd video will definitely be used for non-believers as an excuse <laughs> as to why they don't go to church. That was one of the most repulsive acts I've seen done in the name of Christianity. Know them for yourself, folks. Jesus wouldn't even do that. 
at least he will put some mud on it first. Has <laughs> that made it better? The blood made it better? It's Jesus' Honestly, Honestly, yes. Yes. <laughs> no. If somebody said if you eat poop for a million dollars, you can I'll give you a million dollars to eat poop and they give you straight poop or they mix it in some chocolate cake. What's gonna be better, Sharika? That, that, that lady loved that chocolate. She loved yeah. that pie. If, <laughs> if it's Jesus' food or Jesus' spit, I it's different. I'm I don't think Jesus' breath stunk. I don't think Jesus had bacteria. So I'm going with the Holy, I'm going with the Lord. He was the human, Sharika. You he wild was for that, human. <laughs> they even said he was, he wasn't even like somebody that you went, the Bible was, he called Jesus ugly. That's I know, but they didn't say he was disgusting. He could be unattractive, but yet have great smelling Sharika, breath. it was a time when personal hygiene wasn't even up there. But I think Jesus did not stink. I think he was, my Lord didn't stink. Oh, they were washing each other's feet because they were dirty. You know how dirty somebody's feet Oh, dang, I, I, I think I did good. So this was one of his tweets. This was one of his tweets in a short. It's never my intention to distract others from God's word in the message of Jesus, even with illustrations. I apologize for my example being too extreme and disgusting. I love everybody. Aw, I forgive you, Mike. Why? If you ain't want one, I'm just I'm being facetious, Evie. I'm like, does that now? I'm saying when people saw that, did their hearts be like, you know what? You know what, Mike? I forget. Like, I I'm over it now. Like, who knows? Some probably did. Some people, people like, like, dang, you make my mistakes. Heart change. I was like, because before I heard that, I was like, you're not sorry because that's what you wanted. I mean, oh, okay then. Well, see, I made that choice. I would have been sorry because that's the reaction. <laughs> I would have thought through all of that ahead of time. But he sounded genuinely shocked that people would be disgusted. I guess he thought, I thought, he, thought, thought he like he did go viral, but I think he thought it was gonna be lit and it backfired. That'd be happening. That'd be happening. <laughs> people would be like, "Oh, that's gonna be fire!" And then they'd be like, "You got fired up because that was ridiculous." Ah, crazy. All right. Well, that was our story time, and I just have a few. I have a little Black History Month game. It's for EB and Sabrina, they're just going to count the little points up in their head. I'm going to say five. These are, and this is also a little, uh, maybe a game you guys can drop your numbers in the comments. We're, I'm going to say five, 15 movies that people say you should see uh, that are Black History Month movies. And just at the end, I'll see how many you have seen. So the first one is A Raisin in the Sun, the 1961 version, Claudine, Glory, Do the Right Thing, Malcolm X. 42, 12 Years of Selma, Straight Out of Compton, Hidden Figures, I'm Not Your Negro, Mudbound, Black Klansman, One Night in Miami, and Judas and the Black Messiah. 11. Sabrina, do you have a number? I do. <laughs> do I want to share it? I'll share mine because I bet you yours is not as bad as mine. Okay. I definitely only got a two. I have literally huh? I got W. I got a four. <laughs> Y'all haven't seen Malcolm X? 42? I have not seen Malcolm X. 42? I, I did see 42. real life trauma. Oh, I, okay. Any kind of crazy, I still, and Kit Backers, forgive me, because I said I was going to do this two years ago. I still haven't watched 13. It hits too close to home. Mm-hmm. Mm, I feel and you. I like, I like, that. like, even when I said that, I feel like, you know, like, if I talking about it long enough I know I would cry there's something it's like it's so heavy that I'm, I'm like I'm gonna put that on pause the general surface knowledge I know about it but 
once the movies end, I don't watch scary movies either to my defense. Mm-hmm. But, but I saw four. Hey, they didn't put um the butler up there, and that's wrong. I want a point for the butler. You get a point for the butler. EB, you seen the butler? You can get a point if you saw the butler. Of course. I, like I can't believe he stayed in that White House all those years and dealt with the ups and downs, but also at many points was well respected throughout the entire White House. Like everybody in a sense, at least in that film. I guess in the back behind the scenes too. But like everybody knew who he was and like he was like that dude. That's actually gonna be one of my facts for people to go research this month on social media. I love it. I have only seen 42 and a hidden figures. I too, my heart, I'm too, I'm just too sensitive for some certain stories. My heart can't take a lot of things like what I learned in school, what I have seen. I'm, it'd be a lot. And I'm like, I, I can't be traumatized. Um, which is definitely a privileged thing to say. In my entertainment, yeah. I do not want to be traumatized, but it is also my mental health that I have to, you know, be on guard for. So I, I do not watch most heavy movies like that. And last thing I want to leave you guys with, some of you may be wondering, what do I do in Black History Month or since it's Black History Month, how do I celebrate? And here are a few ways that you can celebrate. Buy from Black-owned businesses. Visit a Black History movie. Donate to a Black organization. Read books by Black authors. Amplify and boost content from Black creators on social media. Educate yourself on past and current social issues affecting the Black community. Listen to Black people and repeat this all year long. So that's my little tip for you guys. You know what my favorite part was? Listen to Black. Listen. What did they say? Listen. Sing to black people, if only. I thought you were about to sing Beyonce. Girl. Joining you. See, I I haven't done the warm-ups for that, nor have I drank the water for that. But the energy is there on the inside. And I'm just going to lead right into, I know you said Mm -hmm. Evie, but usually my little part comes before his because he's a great closer. Yep. I love that listen to Black people. That's not the quote I was going to share today. But from that, I do want to just maybe pull an EB and expound on that. Listen to Black people. When something is shared, truly listen, hear it. Don't try to regurgitate what you thought they said, what you thought they should have said, what they meant to say, how it really is. Just listen. I feel like so many situations in my life that had to do with me facing some type of trauma or microaggression, if I had simply been listened to, could have smoothed out the whole thing. But so many times we're just not listened to. Had Kaepernick simply been listened to, y'all wouldn't be out of the money y'all are out of NFL because didn't he win that lawsuit? Ahmaud Arbery, did they give him a chance to speak? And how many countless others? I can't breathe. How many countless others simply were not listened to? So that was a word. Thank you, Sharika. Sorry. I probably shouldn't have said those names. I'm feeling emotional now, but I'm going to go ahead and um, this is for Sally too. I don't know Sally's race. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know anything about her, but Sally leaving behind nights of terror and fear. 
I rise into a daybreak that's wondrously clear. I rise bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave. I am the dream and the hope of a slave. I rise, I rise, I rise. I told you guys last time my new thing is going to be inspirational quotes, positive quotes. Internalize that, my people. And yes, I'm rooting for everybody Black. And yes, I'm speaking specifically to Black people, colonizers and others. You know, do what you will with this. But it's Black History Month. And I really want to say this to Black people. And I know within our community, this is very true. Not all of our ancestors are slaves. Not every person with brown skin you see in America had a great, great grandfather who was not free. That's just facts. okay? but still the dream and the hope of a slave that people with brown skin and there are people with dark skin from all different types of cultures. okay? the Latina, et cetera. So, you know, not getting it twisted over here, but just that those people could live free, could walk free who the dream of Martin Luther King, right, could be judged by the content of their character and not by the color of their skin. And that's what we are striving for. That's what we are stepping in. That's what we're living in. So don't let other people define you by the color of your skin. You know how many times people tell me you can't talk like that. You can't wear this certain kind of clothes. You can't like this type of music because you're black and blah, blah, blah. No, I just stay true to who I am because that is the dream and the hope of my ancestors. And my ancestors mm. did come from slavery. Okay. And I'm not ashamed of that. I'm proud of it. Because I come from survivors mm. and not everybody survived that horrible trip across the ocean. Not everybody survived the horribleness in the fields. But those who, of us who did survive, strong blood in our genes, strong spirits to come through that trauma. And how do we live that out? By mm. being exactly who God created us to be and not a second less. Do not be silenced. Do not hide in the shadows. And I'm talking to a former me who honestly, and I don't know if you guys have ever felt this, but in some situations where I knew I had the answer or I was like, well, I don't want to come across too smart. I don't want to come across too this, too that. I'm going to be less. I'm going to be less as to not offend, you know, as to hide in the shadows. F that. And yes, I said F. And I'm talking about the capital F. I'm talking about F-U-C-K. Okay. Because I'm bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave. I am the dream and the hope of the slave. I rise, I rise, I rise. And so do you. In Jesus' name, amen. EB, what you got? Some stuff you don't have to follow up because some people said it all. What? Okay. It's just like, it's kind of like, you ever get done hearing a great sermon? And mm-hmm. I know somebody's like, did you just consider what she just said a sermon? That's not what I said. But if you want to assume that, that's your business. That's between you and your Spoke ears and your intellect. I am giving an analogy, an illustration, like we just talked about with Mike Todd, or maybe a metaphor, as some of you would say. It's like a sermon. Somebody goes to speak. They say their spill, their speech, because of their intellect in the way that they articulate things, in the way that they effectively communicate facts. It's no reason for you to say anything after. Sometimes we hear great sermons and somebody goes up there for an altar comment and they straight bomb and they mess everything up. And for some reason, the only thing you remember is what they bomb. So what I'm going to not do is bomb after she said all that great stuff. So I'm just going to leave you all with a great quote by the one and the only Dr. Mae Jemison, who was the first African-American female astronaut. And she said, never be limited by other people's limited imaginations. Mm. Never be limited by other people's limited 
imaginations. So for me, my recommendation, because I know not everybody likes to see black trauma or like to see tough things that people of African descent or African-Americans or Americans from Africa, however you want to word it, um, went to, because I, I'm just going to say this because I like educating people, my friends, I don't care if you're black, white, green, blue, or orange. That comes from Remember the Titans, if you don't get that analogy, when Denzel Washington is speaking. Start calling other people like European-Americans and see how they react. It's so right. interesting. People are like, I'm not European-American. I'm an American. But you're quick to say African-American, quick to say Asian-American, quick to say everything but European-American. So I just do it just to mess. I do it just to mess with people. Um, but I am recommending for you guys to go watch Hidden Figures. We mm-hmm. talked about it. All three of us have seen it. All three of us, I would say, thoroughly enjoy it. Well, I think we've all seen it. I don't want to misspeak, but I think we've all seen that movie. Um, but if you haven't, go check it out. I think you will enjoy it. Sabrina, Sharika, what you got for the people? I'm going to go along with your recommendation, something off the list that I shared. I'm going to recommend you watch 42. It was a great portrayal um, by the um, late Chadwick Boseman, but it was a great movie, great story of Jackie Robinson. So I'm going to recommend 42. You know what? I might watch that one because I I can do like the sports movie. I honestly didn't even know what that was, but... (laughs) I'm glad that you recommended it. And I'm going to plug into what you shared, EB. I, today, I'm going to recommend a podcast called School Colors. It's a documentary podcast that follows generations of parents and educators fighting for educational equity in Central Brooklyn. The hosts tackle topics like gentrification and charter schools, and it reveals how race, class, and power heavily impact the quality of education Black students are able to receive. Not only is the podcast impressive in its rigor of reporting and the sleekness of its production, which we're getting there too, it also emphasizes the importance of learning history on a local level. And that's something I'm interested in because I live just outside of Tampa, Florida, and I'm interested in what's the Black history of my zip code and how Mm. can I contribute to that? And I think Evie kind of inspires me in that direction, too, because he's so knowledgeable about what's going on around him in his city, who the leaders are. And I was on that when the former administration was in office and then I kind of fell off. So I'm kind of inspired this month to check out what's going on with the Black history over here. Uh, Episode one of that podcast is called Old School, and it starts the series by asking the question, after decades of overcrowding, why are the schools in Bed-Stuy's District 16 half empty? The answer has nothing to do with the pandemic and everything to do with systemic inequalities baked into New York schools. So I'm all about the education, all about the history all about what we can do now to improve things in the future. So check it out. School colors. Yay. And to, oh, and to close out, Sabrina or Sharika, any of you guys can answer this one. Who do you think is the most, I want to say famous, but I don't think this person, like they'll be considered famous, but in their words, I don't think they would look at themselves as famous. Who do you think is the most recognizable or most notable minority in American history? In American history? Yes. Uh, That's such... That's such a, when I you're feel exposed. Of history, 
Well, I'm yeah, thinking like, all of history. That's all of history. Like if, if if you put a picture of this individual up, or if you Ooh, say uh, this person's name, basically, because that would be most famous, right? Like the one that everybody knows currently, who people will recognize now. Either currently or past, just in that that from the beginning of time, from this person was here in the 1200s. I don't know, 800 BC. Oh. Like this face is recognizable everywhere in America. Hmm. Who do you think that might be? And I, I don't have a I don't have a specific answer. I'm just curious of what are your thoughts. I, my brain immediately went to Kim Kardashian, but I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Cause she's Armenian. Ha ha ha. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah. Dr. Was- Martin Luther King Jr. Cause people recognize that face, but that is so like my generation. Mm-hmm. I am, I don't know why I have a block of thinking like pass, pass, you know, that. Huh. So what I want, and this why I, I this uh, two reasons. One, because I'm actually going to close out with our regular quote, but also a quote by him. Because I'm just curious if you are thinking the same thing as me. Because I'm thinking yeah. MLK as well. But I encourage yeah. anybody who has grandparents or those of you who are still, I guess I don't know. I say blessed to have great grandparents. Find out who, or even maybe your parents. Who was their most notable minority? I don't care what background you come from, but like Martin Luther King, like he was here in the 40s and 50s as far as, or 50s and 60s as far as popularity, right? As mm-hmm. far as you know who he was on the mainstream. But like, as you said, that's like the first picture that comes to me. Now I hear stories of like a W.E.B. Du Bois or I hear about a Frederick Douglass, but like, I don't really see a lot of people actively engage in talking about how they have impacted American history. Now I know um, Frederick Douglass being a abolitionist and I know W.E.B. or W.E.B. Du Bois being an activist and these different things of these individuals. So I'm not dismissing their work, but it doesn't seem like they get talked about a lot. It's like you hear about Rosa Parks and MLK and hey guys, that's all you got. And don't to Malcolm X because he was wild. Oh, <laughs> speaking of that, well, it's two. You, that's a good one. Um, I'm a, now I'm closing out with three quotes. The first <laughs> one is from Dr. MLK. It says, I refuse to accept the view that mankind is so tragically bound to the starless midnight of racism and war that the bright that war that the bright daybreak of peace and brotherhood can never become a reality. I believe that unarmed truth and unconditional love will have the final word. So please, friends, make sure you walk in truth and in love in all, not in some, not in half, not in a quarter, but in all that you do. But somebody told me that they about to get me a shirt and I can tell you I bust out laughing when I see this shirt. Never argue with anyone Harriet Tubman would have left behind. So as always, my gosh. So as always, if life tries to kick you down, make sure you kick back. Until next time. <laughs>